isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? I want an official Red Rider carbon action to one of Joe Wayne's ball arrows. I triple dog dare you! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Hey, hey, it's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com, and it is our special Christmas edition of Stuck in the 80s. With me, as always, is he naughty or is he nice? You never know. Sean Daly, pop music critic of the St. Petersburg Times. I'm feeling a little naughty today, Steve. A big surprise. But it's kind of sad because I'm in here by myself this week. And this, on this festive episode, I'm here without the lovely and talented Jill Holcomb, who was on the show last week. So uh, I could be even naughtier right now. Does this proposition entail my dressing up as little Bo Peep? She was very nice, though, wasn't she? Yeah, I, I know you had a whole list of uh, candy cane uh, references that you were going to use. But, uh, <laughs> oh, no. You're feeling festive because today's topic is something you've badgered me about for going on two years now. It's the special Making the Grade. Oh, no. It's, it's uh, even better. It's uh, the Christmas Story podcast. I watched it last night. God. Isn't that cute? That is the most precious thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he looks like a deranged Easter bunny. I love it. I Hard love to believe it. believe it's an 80s movie. Yeah, well, it's an 80s movie, but set in the 40s. And, you know, there's a lot of contra- uh, controversy about what year it is set in. Right. Because there's conflicting signals right. throughout the movie. Could be about... 1940, could be 1946. Could be. But first, before we get any further, Steve, let me just say that uh, I'm by myself here in our, our little room. There's two rooms. You're in one. I'm in the other, both physically and emotionally. And but I'm by myself. And the lovely Jill Holcomb, who joined us last week, is off charming other men, I imagine. This holiday season, but I thought Jill did a really good job on the show last week. I thought she was great. Um, we uh, remember to come to our blog at uh, blogs.tempe.com/slash/80s and let us know what you thought of Jill as a uh, potential full-time co-host. Right. I thought she did great. It's not easy dealing with our, you know. I think, uh, I think her handling of the wiener. glorious egos. I think her handling of the wiener was extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've always wanted to say that about. We uh, dangled our wiener in front of her, and she just slapped it away with verve and vigor. It was it was a moment to treasure. It was, but she did a great job. And uh, on my blog, uh, blogs.tampabay.com/slash/popmusic, uh, I have a link to her picture, so you can visualize Jill putting us in our place as you listen to the show. But it was a pretty good show. Yeah. Definitely one of my favorites. But we'll have Jill back. Oh, yeah. But Jill doesn't believe in Santa Claus, so we couldn't have her on today's show. <laughs> I don't know. Because Steve and I, but no, she does not believe in Santa Claus. I do, though. And I believe in Steve Spears. And I believe in this show. And today we're going to celebrate the great Christmas story. <laughs> Excellent movie, 1983. And I'm going to go off on my rant. You know what my rant is, Steve? Uh, 
What's my rant? That, it's not that thing about your rash again. Is <laughs> no, it? no, that's my rash. This is my rant. And I, I go on this rant every year, and I'm going to rant about uh, Darren McGavin, who plays the old man in the movie. And I think this, we, we bandy about great gobs of hyperbole on this show. But I mean this when I say that I believe that uh, Darren McGavin is the old man. It's one of the great comedic performances of all time. Not a finger! That's high praise coming from you. No, I mean it, too. I'm not even kidding. It's he, He's absolutely brilliant in this. And, in fact, I'm ranting right now, so I'm just going to continue with it. Go for it. Darren McGavin, every, this is a, a, a note-perfect performance. Every He's hilarious. Everything, even when he doesn't talk. I think he's even funnier when he doesn't talk. When he's just, they're just driving down the road and they're singing, the family singing Jingle Bells. And the look on his face, and now that I'm a dad myself, you know, I just, his eyes are perfect. I mean, it's like, it's misery, but there's also some love there. And then when they blow a tire and he goes out, and Ralphie with the oh fudge moment. And the look on the old man's face at first shock, but then there's a pride there. There's that sly smile to his, because, you know, what's the, uh, what do they say about him? Uh, my father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. And so when his son drops the F-bomb, he is, you know, he's proud as well. Oh, fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. I said the word. The big one, the queen mother of dirty words, the F dash 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 word. What did you say? Uh, um, that's what I thought you said. Do you, do you remember the first time you ever dropped the F bomb in front of your parents? Uh, I don't. I don't remember that. I remember saying crap. They allowed me to say crap, and I felt like that was uh, my key to freedom. But I don't remember dropping the F bomb. Do you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Very very much so. Um, Back when I was living in Ohio for a few years, when I was a wee little lad, just you size, were never uh, wee size XL. You were... <laughs> the uh, I remember going to my dad one time and asking him, "What does f- mean?" And uh, I just look a terror on his face for a second, and then he goes into some real convoluted uh, explanation of it. I mean, I, I didn't drop it like like Ralphie did. I didn't just kind of say it out, out of nowhere. I actually went to him and said, "What is? I've, I've heard this word. What does it mean?" And it goes on this long explanation, which I'm pretty sure was actually nothing like what it really meant. Yeah. I mean, I think he he started talking about some something totally different, just to kind of throw me off the trail for a few more years. <laughs> but his speech didn't uh, accompany uh, blows to the head or anything. No, like no, that. no, no. Did you get grounded for saying it? You knew damn well what you were saying, too, didn't you? You know, I, I really think at that age, I did not know. I mean, it was really one of those things where I'd heard it a couple of times, and I swear to God, I did not know what it means. What's funny now, and I don't remember when I finally felt comfortable singing around my mom, but I was actually with my mom yesterday, helping her out with some chores, and she must have dropped the F-bomb like a dozen times. Really? It was like, like a red like, fox. Yeah. I, 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 was, I was shocked you know, to hear that come out of her mouth like, you know, it's a Chris Rock concert or something, you know? No kidding. Unbelievable. Did she do her whole routine about black people versus white people? <laughs> no. Sorry to say. Anyway, Darren McGavin did not win an Academy <sighs> Award because he wasn't right. even nominated. Yeah. All right. Let me continue my rant. Go and so it. not only was he not nominated for an Academy Award in 1983, you know who won it that year? That'd be 83? Jack Nicholson. It was Jack Nicholson. You're right. It was Jack Nicholson as Garrett Breedlove from Terms of Endearment, which is a great performance. Oh, one of his best. It's It's great. But at least throw Darren McGavin a bone. At least give him a nomination. You know who was nominated? Charles Durning 
for to be or not to be. The the lousy uh, uh Brooks one? Yeah. Oh, that's awful. That's uh, awful. McGavin's that's a horrible so movie. Good. It's the worst worst Mel Brooks movie ever. Yeah. There's some bad ones. Robin Hood <laughs> Men in Tights is pretty bad. Oh god, don't even get them going. What is it? Dracula Dead Loving It? Oh, that sucks too. Jesus. Oh, that sucks. Anyway, so um we're all about Christmas story today. Steve and I have dueling quizzes, trivia quizzes. Steve's is a kind of an easy grade trivia quiz, whereas mine is an advanced ultimate Christmas story quiz that I bet maybe one percent of our listenership uh gets. One percent? Uh, maybe two. You know what I love about this movie too? And I, it's it's been on TV nonstop lately because they're showing commercials because on Christmas Eve they show TBS, the cable channel, will show Christmas story nonstop for twenty four straight hours. Oh, that's awesome. Twenty four straight hours. Of- and that's it's a rare movie that I can watch all the time. And 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 my family, the fur fiance and Kid Lulu, we will watch it during the year as well because as Kid Lulu got has gotten older, she likes it. However, we have to turn it off when Flick, which is Ralphie Parker's good friend Flick, gets his tongue stuck to the flagpole. It terrifies my daughter. Does it turn really- it off? <laughs> Yeah, do you know how they did that scene? No, no clue. There's a little suction tube in the in the pole, and it suctioned the kid's tongue like a little vacuum. Now, now in real life, and this this is what goes through my mind every time I watch this movie. In real life, if you got your st- tongue stuck to a, a frozen pole, because I mean, I grew up in the South, so we didn't really have this problem too often. How do you how do you actually? Get what it? happens when you put your st- tongue on a frozen pole? Right. I mean, Here, well, I have my wiener in the freezer. So let's try. <laughs> No, but how do you actually get it undone for real? Don't you like you pour gotta water? Pour, yeah, pour warm water on it. But I think that it's um, yeah, it's gonna mess up your tongue pretty good. It's like dry ice. It happens to your ice cubes sometimes. And then you know when the ice gets stuck on your tongue, you're like ah. <laughs> no. When we do that again, ah. Happy Halloween, ladies. That's so disturbing yeah, on so I'm many sorry. levels. <laughs> I know. No, it happens. I've never done the whole flagpole trick, but. But flick. And anyway, we should, uh, we should, uh, I'm sure everyone who's listening to us has seen Christmas Story before. But it was filmed in 1983, and it's about, uh, it's about a family, a dad, a mom, and two sons, uh, living during the Depression. And, uh, in the movie, they live in a suburb of Chicago. However, it was filmed in a suburb of Cleveland. Is that correct, Steve? That's correct. Yeah. And now the original house is, um, is a museum. A guy bought it, and he had all the. Uh, he bought it, I think, a couple of years ago. CNN had a big story on it. Now, if you were in if you were in uh, Cleveland, would you go to the museum? Absolutely, really, absolutely, one hundred percent, really. And he bought the house next door to it too, and turned that into like the the gift shop. Oh man, <laughs> man can you imagine? Now the gift shop, yeah, because I want to get the major award lamp. You know, I well, the- we have a we have one on our tree. We have the an ornament. We have the leg lamp ornament. Nice. But you want the full fledged oh, major yeah. award. I, I want to run my hand up and down it like um, Ralphie does. <laughs> Ralphie, yeah. Statue. Yeah, statue. Yeah, statue. Ralphie. I... Anyway, so uh, anyway, it, it's Christmas and uh, and and the whole thing uh, centers on Ralphie's desire to get himself a BB gun. And not just any BB gun, but an official Red Ryder carbon action 200 shot range model air rifle. And what do people tell him, Steve? 
You'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot your eye out. So anyway, it's just a great movie. And my theory is why we're so obsessed with Christmas Story. Now, did it do that well when it first came out? No, no. It was a, I wouldn't say it was a bomb, but it was a disappointment. Right. It, it didn't really register. It wasn't until it got on video and started showing up on TV all the time that it really took off. Really? My theory why it's so popular is that it's this subversive Norman Rockwell portrait. Okay? It is it, it honors our memories of Christmas and growing up, but it also totally, you know, puts them on their head. So it's like you can still it's all it's it gets you in the Christmas spirit, but it's also so twisted. You know, Santa's kind of evil, you know. You shoot your eye out, kid, and kicks him in the face, you yeah, know. And yeah. the elves are terrifying. In fact, I got a, just a little side note. When this guy opened the Christmas Story Museum in the original house, he invited back all the actors, you know, but only these fringe people kind of showed up, including one of the elves, you know. You're kidding. And she was terrifying to look at. Come on, kid. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, and they all look kind of, everyone's a little older now and stuff like that. And Flick, of course, the, the man who played Flick was a... Porn star. He was a porn star. And, in fact, he was, he was in a movie called Flashpoint, a uh, classic Jenna Jameson porn movie, as just an EMT. But I don't think he was in a, in yeah. a, a sex well, scene. We're talking about Scott Schwartz, who plays Schwartz. the role of Flick. And um, he was in another movie. Uh, he was actually in another big-time movie f- about presents from the 80s. Do you know what that one was, Sean? That was The Toy with Richard Pryor Very and Jackie good. Gleason. Yeah, great movie. Remember, he played Master Bates. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Great line. And, um, you know, sad to say, not sad to say, hey, I mean, I wish I had this, uh, you know, I wish I had Scott Schwartz's life is what I'm saying, because he basically went on to film a bunch of uh, porno movies, but in a non-sex capacity. That's weird. To be in porn, to have the the porn stigma on you, and yet you don't even get to enjoy the, the perverse perks of porn. Right. Actually, so you're just sitting there watching other people, or you're in those weird, like, in between scenes. You're the pizza delivery guy. You're the <laughs> yeah, uh, right. You're the maitre d. You know, you're the. But in '97, uh, he actually won uh, an adult video uh, award for best non-sex performance in the movie uh, Silver Screen Confidential. Who's in that? I couldn't tell you. Silver you Screen Confidential. At home? I don't have anything beyond. Uh, you know, Tracy Lord's best. You got Lord's Tracy. I love you. Yeah. You know, Tracy, I, mean. I love you. <laughs> I love that. Did you play a clip of that on yeah, the show recently? Yeah. yeah. You're brilliant. Don't even ask where I got that from. It's important um, not to know. Yeah. So, uh, but Schwartz's flick. And the ironic thing is, is Ralphie's other friend, you know, Ralphie's played by Peter Billingsley, who was also in, um, Oh, Paternity starring Burt Reynolds. I'm sure people have seen that. That great eighties. <laughs> He's also we in the sh- dirt bike kid. Yeah, and now he's a producer, and he's best friends with um, Vince Vaughn. In and, fact, uh, he was John in the breakup. Favreau and John Favreau. And John Favreau, yeah, he was in the breakup. And I think he, he's produced a bunch of their stuff, too. Yeah, he did the breakup. He's, he does appear in bit roles from time to time. You'll see him. Uh, he looks nothing like uh, Ralph. He used to, yeah. No. no. And, uh, you know. But he's great. He's great as Ralphie, the whole. Melinda Dillon's the mom. Awesome. Better known to science fiction fans from her role in Close Encounters. Yep. In fact, she was cast because of her her job in that. They they liked how she played the mom there, and they just basically said, "Here, play it again." Forty years ago. So, why do you think it's such a popular movie? You know, I mean, it, it's it's it was really like the first comedy about Christmas. I mean, if you think about it, before eighty three, 
you had you maybe had a couple horror movies, you know, Twas the Night Before Christmas, or, or you had your slew of Scrooge uh, or Scrooge, uh, you know, interpretations. You know, every five years someone did it again. You had all the claymation, you know. Are you saying that Santa Claus the movie wasn't funny? That's 1985. Was it? It was on oh, TV Dudley last Moore. night. Oh, so I've never lowest point. I've ever. never even watched it. What's the? Uh, oh, it's God. awful. But uh, the. Uh, before before Christmas Story, I don't think anybody felt comfortable making a really good comedy right. about how And it was bad directed by Bob Clark, who better also known did. for Porky's. Why do they call you laughing? And he basically said, without Porky's, he wouldn't have been able to make. Uh, without Porky's, there's no Christmas Story. Right. And without Christmas Story, there's no Turk 182. <laughs> <laughs> and more importantly, no Rhinestone. Oh God, did he make Rhinestone? Yeah, yeah. And from the hip, those are his. Those are his big. Oh ones. God. Yeah. Oh, by the way, so Scott Schwartz plays Flick, but what is Ralphie's other friend's name? Uh, I couldn't tell you. He's who Ralphie blames his other friend for teaching him the F word. Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just a little thing. Cause I think about this movie all the time. You do. It's really sad. Even in July. Okay. Look, without further ado, I, I really want to get on. I want to, I want to do this trivia challenge. Yes. That was, well, Schwartz was one of my questions. So we both have, how about we do this? You will have best of five. All right. Okay. And we'll go back and forth. Mine's really hard. Do you want to take my uh, my trivia challenge? Go ahead. Fire away. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. What is Ralphie's teacher's name? Uh, it's elementary school, right? Yeah. Nah, no clue. Miss Shields. Oh, uh, yeah. Miss Shields. Go. Yep. <laughs> okay. Give me yours. All right. So it's zero... For Spears, zero for, oh for one. Darren McGavin plays the old man. Can you name another movie from the 80s and the character he played? Oh, anything? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, he was uh, in Kolchak the Night Stalker on TV. Did you ever see that? No. As a newspaper man who like tried, he goes yeah. after monsters. So yeah. It's actually really good. X-Files he, is based on that. On Kolchak? Yep. Oh, that's cool. Darren McGavin, another movie he made in the 80s. You want a hint? No, hold on. He was a villain, I think, in like a bad... He was a villain. Oh, The Natural. Yeah. He was the na- then The Natural with... Uh, Gus yeah. Sands. He plays Gus Sands. Yeah, he's bookie. evil. He pulls his... He's got like a glass eye or something, and the eye can see everything. The God, eye can that, see everything. We got to do a natural. Uh, maybe for the opening of uh, Spring Training, we'll do a natural show. You know, uh, Robert Redford, who obviously starred in... Um, the natural was so happy with McGavin's uh, performance that he tried to expand the role of Gus Sands in the movie, but uh, ran into union rules, which said, "Well, you know, if you expand it beyond a certain point, now you have to re- renegotiate the whole salary." Mm-hmm. And it basically got to the point where it slowed down production of the movie because it just kind of hit this this you know bureaucratic snag. snag. Right. And finally, uh, McGavin, I think, told his agent, or this is you know popular lore anyway. Screw screw whatever I'm getting paid. Let's just. I want to make this movie, and let's do it. Uh, that's a great movie, too. 
That was good. Do you have any other movies he made in the eighties? No, nah, that's 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 my. Uh... You thought you were gonna stump me on that? Yeah, well, I had the natural there, on DVD like you too. Were wavering. I was. I was. Fire away. Okay, my next question: What color are Scott Farkas's eyes? Ah, according to Ralphie, this one I know. What is it? Yellow. They are yellow. He had yellow eyes. So help me, God, yellow eyes. And for bonus port points, uh, Scott Farkas has a sidekick. What is his sidekick's name? Oh, I don't know. He's a toady, is what he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. And I know. And I can tell you that his lips curl over his green teeth. And I can't tell you his name. Uh, his sidekick's name is Grover Dill. Grover Dill. Grover Dill. And uh, this is a uh, you know, Christmas story is based on um, a book by Gene Shepard who was a radio monologuist. And Gene Shepard also does the voiceover and the narration for the movie. He's got that really distinctive voice. And in the book, and in the original version, Grover Dill is the main thug. But Grover Dill became the sidekick in the movie, and they created Scott Farkas. I wonder why he did that. What's know. the point? I mean, I why not? Grover Dill's a great villain name. I know. I'm not sure why. But uh, they kind of switched them around a little bit. But anyway, yeah, the Gene, Gene Shepard has that voice. It's so good. It's so good for radio. And I did know? not know that was him until I was doing the research for this. I thought I thought that was an actor playing. Well, Gene Shepard, a lot of these essays that that, that he he, he uh, the book I think that Christmas Story comes from uh, was called "In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash," and it was a collection of essays, these autobiographical essays of him growing up in the Depression. But they were first uh, showed up in Playboy in the sixties. Nice. Yeah. See. Nice. That's why we read Playboy for the articles. <laughs> I bet I think I, th- I think I saw my first Playboy in the eighties. If that makes any difference, Next I think question. Christy Brinkley was on the cover of my first Playboy, but she wasn't nude inside. I had uh, cutouts of her right after my Pamela Sue Martin phase. I had cutouts of Christy Brinkley over my bed. No, you know? your parents allowed that? <laughs> no, I think my parents were like didn't even want to mess deal with it. You're like, oh god, here we go. Like, it's in my mind, like, yeah, I got them fooled. They have no idea what these are for. Well, are you going to go for it? This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> that's a twisted bastard. Anyway, okay, well, I'm going to give you credit for the... Uh, you're one for two. Okay, that's good. Ready for the okay. next one? Yeah. In a dream sequence, what is it that causes Ralphie to go blind? It was soap poisoning. Very good. Life boy. Of course. What, what soap did he prefer? Over the years, I got to be quite a connoisseur of soap. My personal preference is for Lux, but I found palm olive had a nice piquant after-dinner flavor. Heady, but with just a touch of mellow smoothness. Life Boy, on the other hand. (laughs) Okay, very good. This is a good... I hope people are having fun playing at home. Uh, My next story for you. Give me the progression of the flagpole dare, ending with the triple dog dare. I got you stumped here. He double dares him first. Yes, yeah, Schwartz double dares Flick. That's yep. Then he goes to the double dog. Yes. And then, in a breach of etiquette, ah! he skips the triple dare and goes straight to the triple, triple dog, dog dare. dare. Very well done, my friend. Very well done. Have you ever heard that that phrase before? Before this movie, did you guys use that? I mean, you know, you dared people. I don't remember dog dares. Yeah, you know what? This is so again. This movie is so ingrained in my DNA now that I'm not sure. Yeah, if, you kind of mix up reality. I with, think with I had it. that childhood as well. <laughs> okay, you ready for your next question? Yes. 
Ian Petrella plays the role of Randy, Ralphie's little brother. Yeah. What is it? I can't put my arms out! <laughs> he would have a very limited career in acting, but he was in one early 90s teen show. Really? Can you... For a, a, he made some bit appearances in it. Can you name that show? A TV show? Yeah. Early 90s TV show. He's probably growing up by then, though, right? It was probably like oh, some yeah. sort of... Uh, growing Pains. Ah, Beverly Hills 90210. Really? Yeah. Interesting. A pivotal part? I think he was a guest for, like, for a okay. little while. Today, he's uh, involved in animation and puppetry. Believe <laughs> it or not. That's good. <laughs> That's good for game. Randy. Randy hadn't eaten volunta- hadn't had a meal voluntarily in three years. I, I don't know about you, but the whole piggy scene, I, it makes me lose my appetite. You know really? how hard it is for me to lose my appetite. Well, that's the whole thing. The old well, man and Ralph are also that, disgusted by. I got to watch movies at the Holocaust to get me to lose my appetite. But uh, the the piggy scene with uh, Ralphie. <laughs> how do the little piggies go? That's right. Oik oik. Now show me how the piggies eat. This is your trough. Show me how the piggies eat. Be a good boy. Show me how the piggies eat. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I I don't think I've missed the question yet, have I? Uh, I guess Petrella. That's hard. Sorry. You All said, right, I'm going to hit you with a, I'm going to hit you with a hard one then. Go ahead. What is the name of the Chinese restaurant they eat at, at the end? The Peking Duck? It is the Chop Suey Palace. Uh, Chop Suey Palace. And I believe also with the new museum outside of Cleveland that a restaurant, uh, this guy, they, they've opened up a Chop Suey Palace. It's not the original one, but somebody trying to, to you know, to, to get in with the whole uh, museum deal. Now you can eat there. See the museum, they go to the Chop Suey Palace. Very good. Yes, very touristy. I want to go. I really want to go. I'm serious. Okay, um, how long? Oh wait, this is it's your next question, right? You go. Right. Melinda Dillon, who yes. plays Mrs. Parker, was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actress Oscar in the early '80s for playing a suicidal teacher in what movie? Oh God, is this Absence of Malice? Yes. yes! <laughs> Yeah, there's that great scene where she has to pick up all the newspapers. Remember that scene? Yeah. She goes from lawn to lawn picking them up. Yeah, with Sally Field and Paul Newman. Actually, she's probably of all the of all the uh, people appearing in this movie, the most decorated uh, actor of the bunch. Yes, Melinda Dillon, very good. Okay, now my my questions got really hard. How long does it take the old man to change the tire? Eight minutes. Wow. How old is Ralphie? Nine. Damn, Spears. Oh yeah, you're good. All right, I got some. I got some hard ones coming up. God, that's really good. Okay, I think his record is four minutes. Do you think we have any listener that got every single question correct? Do you think we have any listeners who are still listening? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Mr. Sean Daly 
because I have dubbed you the winner. Yes, of the uh, Christmas story trivia. Yeah, challenge. Except for the Ian Petrella question. Sorry. Wow, that was like that's my thing though. You, you know, I'm going to ask questions about who's what they're up to now. Right. But here's here's my here's my present. Do you have you. a gift for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Here it is. A little quote montage of, from your favorite character. The old man? The old man. Not a finger! I traded Bullfrog. I don't believe it. I made your prize! I made your prize! I won! I won! I won! Oh, you should see what it looks like from out here. Ah, fragile. It must be Italian. Well, I think that says fragile, honey. Not a finger! What is that, Benjamin? Papa says! It, it's smiling at me. Okay. Oh man, so good. Now, Steve, I got we got to be honest with people here. I'm absolutely in love with this movie. I've been bugging you forever to do this since last year, but you have a very curious relationship with this movie. You don't love it to the extent that I do, do you? Uh, no. I, I, I still maintain it's not... It just doesn't feel like an 80s movie. It doesn't take And you need 80s. that. You need a movie to feel like it brings you back to the 80s. Right. This one brings me back to a time before my parents So if Ralphie warm. would have been wearing leg warmers... Oh, yeah. You would have been fine. And playing with his erector set. <laughs> and, uh... Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. No. No, it doesn't feel but like that's me. you. I mean, you really are stuck in the 80s. Um, it's almost like a sickness a little bit. <laughs> It's gotten worse. I I should tell people. I asked Steve that. I'm like, Steve, do you, you know, really, what's the last uh, you know new album you listened to? You're like, well, I listened to the new Scorpions album. <laughs> so even then, you're still stuck. Yeah, in the, the 80s. last the last three albums I've listened to are the new Scorpions album, the new Loverboy album, and the new Aria Speedwagon. So if you people think he's faking this, you're not. Me, I fake my way way through life. I'm incredibly insincere, but you. You really are stuck in the 80s. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s. Just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever. Only at TampaBay.com. A crummy commercial? Son of a bitch. What's happening, hot stuff? Aha, the gong. Speaking of movies, it's time for Name That 80s Movie. Hey, this is the uh, weekly challenge where we play a clip from the 80s. And if you can name it, you might win a prize. And I say might because I, I really mean you're not going to win anything. No, <laughs> nothing at totally all. totally out of everything now. Uh, anyway. You should have glossies made up. And you can send outside. You're getting that big. You're that popular. Nobody wants to see an 8x10. You know what I'm curious about is that you're really the sex symbol of this show. <laughs> No way I'm the sex symbol. No, really, really, women love you. They do. And in normal life, you know, maybe I do better than you do. But on the show, you are the sex symbol. People are attracted to you. And I'm not sure if it's your voice or maybe a combination of voice and your 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 stuck in the 80s-ness. I think it's a combination of the fact that you readily admit that you have no body hair. <laughs> And I have plenty. You are a hairy. They MF. think of me as like this big teddy bear. <laughs> really big teddy bear. Oh, is that what it is? Your Leviathan Schwanz? <laughs> the whole time I, by, by, claim, uh, by referring to your uh, ginormous Johnson, that is what these are saying these women do with Tizzy? I don't know. It freaks me out, man. I'm happy for you, though. I am. I'm merely a sidekick in, on the Steve Spears show. 
Oh, God. As usual, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> hey, this was last week's clip for Name That 80s Movie. Got to, got to, got to, got to satisfy. Ah, yes. Should I tell them what it is? That is Robin Williams in The Best of Times. A great movie. Vastly underrated. May I read the winners, the people who got it right? Go for it. Maybe they'll win something, but probably not, is what you're saying. Uh, I may have sent out a video to somebody. Okay. A video? DVD. Well, we still we have Princess Bride left? Yep, they're gone now, though. Uh, okay. These are the people that got it right. Congratulations go out to John Hayes, Craig Gossage, Tony Ann Barry, my friend Sandy McKenna, Brad Williams, and Donnie Merritt. Congratulations, everybody. I can't believe that many Thanks people. Thanks for playing. Right. I cannot believe that many people knew what that was. It's on cable all the time. Is it? I've never yeah, seen it, it on cable. Yeah. Anyway, here's this week's challenge. Hopefully, it's a little tougher. Excuse me. We're new in town and we've never had sex before. Would you give us a hand? That was, of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to go over the porn title. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that was, Steve, but I bet that Craig Gossage will. He always does. Anyway, if you think you know the answer, email us at stuck in the eighties at com, and you may be a wiener. Uh, that was Jill. so cute. That was so cute last week with Jill Holcomb. You know when I was doing that, her, last in, her winners were so innocent. Yeah, she had had yet to be soiled by the Wiener Patrol. I bet. I bet if she ends up becoming the full time host, like. Six months later, she, I'm going to be going, you may be, uh, and she's going to be going, penis. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't stay that clean that long around no, us. She you know, when I did good. it, I didn't expect her to say anything. I thought it was you, I thought you were going to pipe in. And anyway, comedy ensues. Ah, the mystical notes of Reader Mailbag. Hey, we missed this segment last week, but we're back with it now. Well, last week was just an entire Reader Mailbag. Yeah, good point. Anyway, this one has been picked out especially for Sean. It's from Jack in Philly, Pennsylvania. Go for it, Sean. Yeah, from Jack in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. Jack says, hey, guys, I hope my two bits aren't too late, but I want to write in in support of a Making the Grade show. Yeah. Weren't you the host on Creature Features? Five or six people are laughing their asses off right now after I said that. Although a lot of the movie doesn't hold up. Whoa, 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 Jack. Although a lot of the movie doesn't hold up and seems to be just a showcase of how cool Judd Nelson can be, there are some gems hidden in there. I think Palmer Woodrow is great. He's probably the most genuine character in the bunch, even if he is way out there. God, it's good. Dana Olson. I encourage everyone this weekend to go out and rent Making the Grade. We still have not gotten the requisite 10 uh, emails required to... How many have we gotten? Uh, like three. Really? Well, you're missing out, peeps. You're missing out. If you told them to go watch it, Steve, Blockbuster, would they'd have to shut down because they're too busy. <laughs> I also think you guys should consider tackling Can't Buy Me Love, which has a great dance scene, if nothing else. That's a great idea. Yeah. I love that. Amanda Peterson is plays the love interest. Sadly, uh, whereabouts unknown. No way. Yeah. Oh, it's like she could be like dead, like in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what you get for dating Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I also think that this movie does hold up pretty well overall. I guess a movie about a kid who wants to fit in can never really lose its base. Here, here, Jack. 
By the way, my high school girlfriend went to, went out to Lebanon Valley College. I don't think that's terribly far from Sean's sort of hometown of Camp Hill. Jack's been listening to the show. He's been following that careful storyline that we thread in. <laughs> is it how far is it? Is it close? Yeah, it's really close. At least it's close to Harrisburg. I spent a lot of time driving up from Delaware for long weekends of not studying. Although my, <laughs> although my 1.7 first trimester GPA doesn't exactly challenge Sean's 1.0. Jack, Philadelphia, PA. That's right, Jack. 1.0. A C, three Ds, and an F. You got to work pretty damn hard to get something like that. My first, that was it first, it might have been second semester uh, freshman year at Syracuse. What did you graduate with? Do you remember? Do you remember your final GPA? I tell you, my, my last GPAs were pretty good. I was getting like upper threes, but I think I, it was so bad that 1.0 kind of brings you down a bit. I think I graduated with a 2.7. What was yours? Um, it wasn't three. It wasn't quite over 3.0. Yeah. But it was, uh, you know. yeah, I was a disaster, a disaster. I, I was, I was uh, in love and lust with this young woman named Natalie, Natalie Diffenbaugh. And I kept flying to – I'd fly to Syracuse, Pittsburgh from Syracuse, New York to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And then when that money ran out, I'd take a bus, which was pathetic. It was a 13-hour bus ride. It was like something out of – what is the uh, – Midnight Run? No, it was a show. Uh, midnight Run? Not Midnight Run. What's the yeah, – uh, No, what's Ratso Rizzo? No, what's the one with Ratso Rizzo and uh, John Voight? Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy. Everybody's talking. My my as well been playing as I take this thirteen hour bus ride, bus ride to see Natalie, and then we'd have sex, and you could tell both of us are like, "All right, you can go back now." I and mean, that's how sad it was. And then, like, yeah, then you'd have to look on the message board after my bus money ran out. Anyway, yeah, it was really sad. But Natalie, I think, is doing well. She's got a beautiful family now, and of course, I'm doing gangbusters. <laughs> Things couldn't be better for me. Hey, hey, the mystical notes of Name That 80s Tune. Hey, it's the weekly segment where we play a song from the 80s, and if you know the name of the song and the artist, email us, and you may win a prize. As usual, there is no prizes left unless uh, Sean starts donating a condom wrapper. <laughs> oh, God. For such an innocent, joyous movie today, we've really been working blue. I'll take half the blame for that. You should take more than half. Uh, the, I'll take uh, three quarters. The, the references to Wieners Alone is uh, far. Yeah. Wieners Alone. The stuck in the 80s story. Yeah. Wieners Alone. Wieners Alone. Hey, here's last week's tune. We'll play it one more time and see if you got it. <laughs> that, my friend, is an obscure song. Did you Did you recognize it? I didn't. Stuffing Martha's Muffin. Well, you can't say that but, on a family program. All the things you said, and you can't say Stuffin that. Stuffing Martha's Muffin by Mojo Nixon. Mojo Nixon. And you know, it's funny because we interviewed uh, Martha Quinn, and it was on my list to ask her, "What did you think of Mojo Nixon's song?" And I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Do we have any winners? We do have one winner, Douglas Arthur. Douglas Arthur. Douglas Arthur always wins. He knows how to play the game. He does the game of life, the game of love. <laughs> And uh, he wrote after last week's episode to say he does have that movie that he made for you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Right, I want to see that. He shot it on uh, I think what eight millimeter, and he converted it to video, and it's converted to DVD, and he will be happy to send it to us if we really want to see it. I do want to see it. Okay, there you well, go. That's the movie we've been talking about doing a uh, commentary for a movie. Maybe yeah. we should do the commentary for uh, Douglas Arthur's flick. How much? We're, how much we're we gonna get paid for that? Nothing. Nothing. Anyway, here's this week's challenge. There you go, 80s fans. This one you will not get. 
Do you like messing with their heads sometimes by giving them hard stuff? Yeah, but you know what's funny? I mean, I really didn't think anybody would get Mojo Nixon. And a few weeks ago, I did a They Might Be Giants one. She's an angel, and I thought nobody would get that one. Matt Tarter got that one. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's he, Matt he Tarter a, for you. Yeah, I mean, he's he's saucy. But <laughs> <laughs> he's never heard that one before. <laughs> Sorry, I'm an asshole. <laughs> anyway, if you think you know the answer, email us at stuckin80s at tampabay.com. And you too could be a big giant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you too could be a wiener. You know, you mess with listeners' uh, heads, but you also mess with their hearts a little bit too. Hello. Merry Christmas. It is Kathy Wasp calling from the West Coast to wish you all a Merry Christmas. I knew it was time to call Stuck of the 80s when. I heard, do they know it's Christmas, no less than four times yesterday. Uh, Things are going well up here, but I miss you guys a lot, and I miss all the fans. Hope all is well. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Ciao! All right, so I'm feeling very Christmassy now. And let me ask you, what are your uh, five favorite Christmas movies of the 80s? Oh, I'm putting you on the spot. No, I mean, last season, last time we did this. Uh, no, actually, you know, last year I did a whole list of the top 20 holiday movies of the 80s. And I think there's I 20? 20 of them. Did Santa Claus the movie make yes, it on there? In the top <laughs> 10. <laughs> wow, that's how. Hey, the top, you, won't, you don't even want to see the bottom. How about 10. Silent Night, Deadly Night? That's on there too. But my top five, um, I'd have to say Gremlins. Awesome. Number four, I would say, is Trading Places. I don't really think of that as a holiday movie. All right. Yeah, it takes place, the entire movie takes place between Christmas and. Uh, New Year's. Okay. Remember when uh, Dan Aykroyd dresses up as uh, yeah. Santa Claus and then sneaks out the oh, fish right. and, and then beard? And then you see um, Jamie Lee Curtis's boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. See, that's Good a one. holiday present we can always enjoy every year. Um, number three, A Christmas Vacation. Classic. I just watched it the other night. The Ferrer Fiance bought it for five bucks at Target. I'm going to put A Christmas Story at number two on oh, my I, personal I know. List. I know what you're going to say. And number one is uh, Bill Murray in Scrooge. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, so you know, I like it more now than when I first saw it in the theater. When I first saw it in the theater, I'd like, yeah, it was okay. But now Scrooge has gotten better over time. Like you know, you know what? And, and the reason why is it's more of an '80s movie to me because you got Bill Murray, you got Karen Allen. Well, I know you love Karen Allen. I love, yeah. You got Marion uh, Ravenwood, Mary Lou in there. You have, <laughs> hey, Buddy Hackett, uh, Buddy Hackett, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yep. It's Bobby. He says he's the devil. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm going to agree with you on all of those. I love Gremlins. I really want to show Kid Lulu, my daughter, Gremlins. But that's going to scare the crap out of her. Bright light. But uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that scared the crap out of me, and I think I was 16 years old when I first saw it. But I'm going to offer up a controversial switcheroo. I'm going to take Trading Places out, and that's not a slight on, uh, on Trading Places. Or Jamie Lee Curtis. Or Jamie Lee Curtis's um, Bodacious Breasts. And I'm going to swap in a little movie I like to call Diner. Really? Yeah. It takes place. It's Christmas. Come on, watch Fenwick. Fenwick's in the manger. It's great. What is it? I'm gonna watch like, it tonight. You like the period pieces. I, I mean, I, it's just it doesn't. I mean, it's got Gutenberg, so yeah, it's got Mickey Rourke. <laughs> well, you don't so think I'm feeling the '80s love? But you should. De- I mean, if you want to argue about that being a, a definitive '80s movie, 
it's it's what you mean diner? Yeah, I mean look at all the actors. It's no, I mean, I'm saying it's got it's got a good cast, but I'm saying what it's year still, was Diner? Is that eighty three as well? No, I think it was eighty or eighty one. Really? I was that eighty two? But um, I don't know. You don't like Diner that much. Have we ever done no, Diner no, show? I don't like Diner. Why? I, I don't really like. You it. haven't watched Diner with me. No, there's a lot of things I haven't done with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you'd like to. That's not right. <laughs> no, it's not right. Man in the boat overboard. Oh, you beast. You savage. Come on, bark like a dog for me. Bark like a dog. I will teach you the meaning of the word respect. So Sean was teasing me on the way in, actually, today, telling me he's got a great uh, Christmas story to share with us. You know, Steve, I'm not sure how great it is, but um, when my daughter was uh, one year old, her school... uh, the like the they get have a Santa. A Santa comes in and there's like five hundred kids, you know, it was like a daycare, but it was a massive daycare. And their Santa like uh, had the gout or something said <laughs> Santa had to cancel. And they wanna have to tell the kids, you know, Santa's not coming this year. And so me, I'm 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 rather plump. You know, I was even plumper back then. And they said, Hey, can you be Santa Claus? And I said, Yeah, yeah, sure. I can you know, I have very whiny nasally voice my ho ho ho's aren't deep and they don't resonate give me a ho 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 give me your good ho ho i can't can't. do it ho (laughs) yuck ho Ho, yuck it's like a hairy knuckled come on even (laughs) as santa even as uh king wenceslas i have no i'm talking about anyway so at the school they give me a pretty good santa suit a little soiled a little soil, I gotta be honest with you. You know, they, I'm not sure they dry cleaned it, but it was an okay shape. And I, you know, I put on the beard and the Santa, and I, the kids are flipping out. And my ho ho ho's are ho ho ho. It sounds like I'm coughing up an oyster. Anyway, so they're, they're not, uh, you know, but the kids are loving it. And they're just coming up, and I, I sit down, and, they, you know, it's constant barrage of kids. And only one out of, one kid out of 500 uh, knew that I wasn't Santa. You know who that kid was? Kid Lulu, probably. Right? It was Kid Lulu, who was one, and all she could barely say was, you know, dad, da, you know, and so she's like, and she's, you know, yanking on the beard. But anyway, my big problem during the day is I'm, you know, I'm, I'm basically a softie. I play a, a hard nosed journalist on the show, you know, um, but, you know, I'd have these kids come up, and most kids are like, you know, I want an Elmo, you know, and then they kind of go, I give them a candy cane, like, get out of here, kid, you know. But every once in a while, you get this little girl who would say, like, Santa, I don't want anything, but if you could bring my mom some happiness, you know? And so I'd be like, hold on a second, Santa's just kind of like collect himself. And I'd be like this sobbing, you know, Santa like, and the teacher would be like, oh, Santa just needs a second. Hold on, kids. Just step back for a second. Santa will be okay. A little dust in Santa's eye. But it was great. It was really, really sweet. And just all these like kids around you. And it was fun. But my, um, (laughs) but my, my jolly belly kept (laughs) slipping down into like my my pant area, and I wasn't gonna work blue, but it looked like Santa had something else going on down there, which probably isn't good when you're around 500 kids who aren't your own. But Santa Claus has uh, a chubby. But yeah, the sweet thing is like you'd have these kids like you know Santa, don't worry about me, but if you could bring my mom and dad, uh, you know, and and, and so like these kids, you know, there were it was kind of a poor poor area, but I'm just like I'm I'm a wreck, you know. Hold on a second, <laughs> Santa needs a second. <laughs> give me give me a hug. God bless you. I was about to start writing checks. Yeah, it's okay. Here's a thousand. Just have a merry Christmas. Don't, don't cash it till the but you should first. try it. You'd be a great Santa. You're built uh, like them. Kids scare the crap out of me. Yeah, yeah it's a whole different like show. Well, we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I enjoyed the show, Steve. 
I, I thought it was pretty lame. Not a finger. <laughs> finger. Not a finger. The quotes are great. But uh, I would say go out there and rent uh, Christmas Story, but there's really no need since TBS will show up for 24 straight hours on Christmas Eve. So uh, just about the time my sister's starting to annoy the shit out of me, <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, what the hell's on TV? And I'll be glad to see Ralphie and the old man. Oh, there you go. And those sons of bitch bumpers. Sons of bitch bumpers! <laughs> and uh, because as always, uh, Ralphie, Sean, the old man, and... Uh, Scott Farkas, <laughs> with his beady yellow eyes, <laughs> will be for here forever, stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. To read our blog, go to blogs.tampabay.com slash 80s. Email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.